Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. You don't have to think about it. It is right here. It is right now. How you doing today? No show, Moreno. Yay! What's up, dude? How we doing today, man? Doing well. No complaint. No complaints, baby. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. The 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 week is is rolling downhill. It's already uh, Thursday, and dude, we have NFL football back on our screen starting tonight it is um i told stokely this yesterday it's almost unhealthy how much i look forward to uh football both college and pro but when i can eat with two spoons on saturday and sunday I, I i am so excited for these uh these next couple days oh for sure you know college kicked it off right Right, yeah. So I'm excited for that as well. Those dogs going back out there for another week, another another tune-up game. But yeah, it's going to be great to see them boys out there. And yeah, NFL starting tonight. NFL is starting tonight. We got Chiefs and Lions. I have some numbers um, that you need to know a little bit later in the show uh, before kickoff. Uh, we have Broncos and Raiders right out of the gate. I mean, right out of the stinking gate. Uh, when you were playing for the Broncos. Was it understood that the Raiders were a rivalry, or was it just like, hey, it's professional football, it's just another week, another opponent? No, you understood. You understood the magnitude of, of the game, especially because it's a divisional game. So you know you want to get off to a great start. You want to get that victory versus that opponent. So you know it was uh, a rival game, but that's more for the fans. You know, the fans are, are, are really up to the rival between the two teams. But as an athlete, you just want to go out there and compete. Go out there and make sure you're doing whatever the game plan is and get the victory. It's a divisional game. It's, a, it's an important one. So you know how important it is. It, it is. And, and, and when you look at the Broncos' schedule, no, Sean, like, you know, find me another more winnable game on the schedule than, than the Raiders at home. I mean, the Broncos are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, who knows what we're in store for later in the season with injuries or whatever. But right now... I think you could file this as the, the 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 most favored the Broncos will be. You're at home, you're you're not in game shape yet, so the Raiders are not in game shape having to come to altitude. Mm. Uh, I mean, dude, the, and you're going to have seventy thousand Bronco fans uh, being the wind at your back. Yes, it, it, you know, I understand it's not a must win from a purely like it's not a winner go. It's the first game of the season. It's not a must win, but you must win it. You must win it. Yeah, the excitement's in the air. You can tell. And the fans are ready. And, you know, hopefully the, the boys are ready to go out and compete. And they do, it is, is a great opportunity for them boys to go out there and win this game. I mean, versus a Raider team that didn't do too well last year. And the team doesn't look too different from last year. Right. Um, no. So, the great opportunity. I, I look at the, the Raiders roster, and I'm like, eh, there's no world beaters over no, here. No, you know? no, no. I mean, there's challenges. Yeah. You know, Devontae Adams. Right? right? Like, that's a challenge. But, you know, what does that look like this season with that new quarterback? Derek Carr has been tossing him the, the football. But, and before mm-hmm. that was Aaron Rodgers. What does it look like with Jimmy G? Um, but, no, you're right. I mean, in terms of NFL, like, war daddies, right. the, the Raiders do not have uh, a bunch of those guys. No, not, not really. And, I mean, I feel like for this game, they just need to shut down Josh Jacobs. I feel like every time 
Josh Jacobs plays the Broncos, he he kind of goes off a little Kills something. Him. You know He's a I mean? Bronco killer. Right. So, you know, we, we hold him in check. It could be a great day for the Broncos. It could. Uh, Josh Jacobs, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, um, averages over 103 yards rushing per game against the Denver Broncos. He averages over a touchdown a game against the Broncos. And, and, and the craziest thing is, this guy's been in the league for a while. He's never lost a game against the Broncos. Never, never lost a game against the Denver Broncos. Talking about Josh Jacobs. This guy's been in the league for going oh, on a half a decade. Right. I mean, so the, the, we know the Broncos didn't beat the Raiders last year. We know the Broncos didn't beat the Raiders in 2021. We know the Broncos didn't beat the Raiders in 2020. In 2019 is the last time you got to go back where the Broncos beat the Raiders. No, Sean, uh, there was a different president in office. Gas <laughs> right. was a different price. Right. Uh, buying your groceries was a different oh, price. My um, and so much has changed. You got to go back that far uh, to the last time the Broncos beat the Raiders. But even in that season, Josh Jacobs actually missed one of those games where the Broncos won. So. Even when the Broncos won, Jacobs didn't play. The time wow. before that, he won and played and played great, scored multiple touchdowns. So Jacobs is 7-0 and against the Denver Broncos, which is just such a such a hard sentence to even let spill out of my freaking mouth. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I didn't know that, those uh, stats and that history. Appreciate that. That's uh, that's awesome, man. That's, that's crazy for him uh, to be on that kind of streak. But, you know, it stops now. Yeah. Right? It stops now. I, I really have faith in this. This Broncos defense, man, they got some newcomers that came in that's going to help us, some vets. Um, and I, I think they can do it this year. You know, just slow him down, baby, and we're good. Yeah, I, I, if there was ever a time to snap this streak, it's at home week one uh, with, with Jimmy Garoppolo, who hadn't been practicing with the team through the offseason. So mm. we'll see what it looks like uh, on, on Sunday afternoon. It's mm. Thursday now. There's still time for one more national article to come out about Sean Payton. Oh, my goodness. Will, will we get one more before kickoff? <laughs> Probably. I mean, this is perfect. Man. It just, it's great distraction. Man. I said it yesterday. It's great distraction. I love it. It's the perfect timing to put out an article where we're not talking about the players at the, for the Broncos. We're just talking about the head coach. Do you think that's by design? I feel like it was. Do you think so? Bro, you could have put this article out weeks ago. But you want to put it out the week of? Right, the week of the, the, week of the first game come of the on. season. It was like the, the it was the week of the first um, a week of uh, training camp, the first week of the game, both different kind of you know he- headline grabbing national articles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was by design. It it could be. It could be. Um, I I just think Sean is being Sean. Like not I, and 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 I'm not saying that like um, you know I don't think Sean Payton's a you know, bad guy or anything. I think he's the right coach for right here, right now for the Broncos. I just think that Sean likes to talk. Sean is going to do a bunch of national interviews, and to to a certain degree, he just kind of can't help himself. Right, and I can understand that. Right, and you hear that a lot, go circling around that he just likes to talk and things of that nature. But, bro, come on, I, I feel like it was by design. They they, they put it on the week. Opening see opening game, beginning of the season, they're gonna put some articles out. So, cause we're not talking about Russ. We're not really talking about the team. We're talking but, about, but we are kind of talking about Russ because what he slight. said in the article. I understand, but slightly. What All right. All right. Uh, no, no, well, 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 well. It was one of these things where, and we're, and we're not gonna spend too much time talking about this uh, for a second day in a row. Right. But you know, I heard you a little bit with with Dmac yesterday, and I just I, the things that Sean Payton said to Russell Wilson. <laughs> needed to be said but i think that's a separate transaction from telling another man 
who is writing a piece on you what you what you said to Russ. Like, I don't think that needed to get communicated on a national level. Like, hey, stop, you know, stop effing kissing babies. And, you know, you're not running for office. Like, if I'm Russell, you already had that conversation with me. I might be asking the question, like, did you really need to? Like, tell ESPN that? Because Russ doesn't like being put on the hot seat. Russ is always going to try to say the right things and try to maneuver his way through these press conferences. And he wasn't even, he wasn't even asked about it yesterday, which yeah. was what, you know. Which is good. I, feel like, I, I, I didn't want to really. I'm, I'm trying to push it. Me, 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 as, me as someone who, you know, wants to hear the question asked to him, I wanted to hear the question asked mm. to him. Sean Payton put it out there publicly on a national level. Why, you know. Colin Coward is talking about it on his national number one rated uh, uh, radio show. ESPN was talking about it, but Russell didn't get a question here locally the day it w- the day it drops, and on the same day that he was supposed to speak. That may be morbid curiosity on my part, just to hear how how he would answer the question. But right. I, I, I no, Sean, I don't think this is the last of, of stuff like this. Not specifically like this. I just think Sean is going to do interviews, and I, I said this during the summer. Someone told me that's very familiar with Sean. He said um, every couple months kind of something drops at Sean, and then he lays low for a couple months, and then it's just like, boom, oh, Sean said what? Oh, it's ESPN headline, and that's just kind of how it's going to go. We'll see if it ages like that, but that's what I was told, and so far during his five, six months here, that's kind of what it's been. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you with what you said, and did he really have to say exactly what he said? And maybe he didn't say exactly that. It was something on those lines. Sure. But, yeah, he didn't maybe have to say it. But at the same time, I mean, is it true? Yes. 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 I mean, yes. But, 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 think, but, but, but think about this. Think, this is how I try to think about it, try to personalize it. You're uh, doing radio, right? And you're relatively new to this whole world, right? Mm-hmm. Last like what, like year, yeah, yeah. year or something, okay. much, yeah. right? And you're and you're and I love working with you. We love you have you being around. And but say I was like, hey, no, Sean, man, you're you're. Hey, I gotta pull you aside, man. Hey, you, you kind of sound like an idiot when you say this. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. Right. I'm making it up. Yep. Like no, Sean, you, you sound like an idiot when you say this, man. Like stop doing that, man. That's kind of like a low, humbling moment for you. What if I got on the radio and was like. Hey, I had to t- tell No Sean. He kind of sounds like a clown when he says that. <laughs> Maybe I, like I'm, mm. I just don't know if I needed to share what I said to you in private because that mm. makes that, that makes you look, um, especially if you're Russ. That was a weak moment for him last year, and I just don't. I prefer to keep it in house. But Sean Payton is gonna Sean Payton. You put it that way, man. I got you. You'd be like, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing, bro? You have to put my business out on the street like that. But look, hey, we can view this all different ways. Here's the bottom line: there's a football game on Sunday. Go win the freaking football oh, game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Go win the game. Put all the naysayers to shame and quiet it up a little bit. You know what I mean? And it'll be a great start of the season. So they have an opportunity. This is a great opportunity. And then second week. You know, you got you got Washington. So I mean, this could be a great two weeks for you. You could start two and zero. Right. You could absolutely start two and zero. It feels like we're starting two and zero um, because we're at Cochino Taco in Edgewater, a fantastic place, uh, a tons of seating. We're going to be here until two o'clock. We already have uh, some of our great listeners uh, uh, showing up their face and 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 saying hello again. We're going to be here until two o'clock. So come grab some lunch, and they're just putting down some like. 
queso with the meat in there and the sliders, and you already know they got it hooked up on the taco front, but also um, really nice television setup. Like if you're in this Edgewater area and you don't have a place to watch the the games on Sunday yet, uh, consider coming out to a Cochino Taco. Happy hour every day here, 11 to 6. That's a seven-hour happy hour. You can sign me up for that. Okay. Uh, we're shifting gears here. Uh, Colorado's football program has done nothing but trend up this week, but several other things are rising with it. Details next. Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Band presents Stokely and Zach. Colorado's football program has done nothing but trend up this week, but several other things are rising with it. No Sean Moreno filling in for Brandon Stokely today as we hang out at Cochino Taco in Edgewater. We're going to be here until 2 o'clock if you want to come by and say hello, grab some lunch. Uh, we would love to see you. Uh, no, Sean, what, what kind of week has it been for, for CU football, man? Whew. It's been ridiculous, the hype. I mean, the hype... Before the season was wild, you know, I mean, everyone's excited, excited to see what the team would look like in this first week. Um, excited for Coach Prime and what the system and then the mindset that he brought, you know, to Colorado. So it, it was tremendous the, the the hype before, right? And then you go out there and win like you did and putting up as much points as you. That's what I was like. 45 uh, points. That's what I was like, bro, 40-something points? I mean, it's not easy to put up 40 points no matter who you're playing. Right. So they put up 40-something points going back and forth, answered the call, answered the bell, victory. So now every, everyone is like, bro, we believe now. We believe in the excitement. It's just it's just growing. I feel like it's, it's growing now. If you come out this week and, and win another Bro, Start 2-0, and, and then you have Colorado State waiting next weekend for uh, you, which they're going to be a big-time favorite for that. I mean, CU could be sitting at three wins by the end of next weekend, which is just insane to think. And you hear, you hear like, stats like – and th- th- this is a crazy one for you, you know. Colorado did not have their fourth receiving touchdown last year until the fifth game of the season – They had four in the first game on the road as a three-touchdown underdog. I mean, this was – I heard Joel Platt, who, of course, calls the games uh, with Gus Johnson for Fox and, you know, Colorado guy through and through, Mm -hmm. said that was one of the five best wins in the history of the program. And he doesn't sound crazy to me uh, by by saying that. I mean, it was was outstanding. So – I said going in the break that the, 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 the program has nothing but trend up this week, and several other things are trending or rising with it. How about this? Seven million people watched TCU versus Colorado on Saturday. That was the second highest rated college football game of the weekend after only LSU against Florida State, which was played on a Sunday night. Right. Most Americans are home Sunday evening, so what a, it's an incredible built-in advantage, which is why Sunday night football is the highest-rated uh, game even over Thursday night or Monday night. And, and that was, like, the only game on, I feel like, right? It was. So, it was. It was. So it was two top ten teams. Right. But to find the next uh, highest-rated game after Colorado-Nebraska, it went down 60% 
uh, Ohio State against Indiana. So Colorado owned the day oh, yeah. on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Um, and now you look ahead to this weekend. The price to get in for CU Nebraska in Boulder this weekend. <laughs> now, you're getting different reports. You know, you see different numbers. The number that I saw is nearly almost $500. It's between four and $500 to get in this weekend. You could have attended every home game last season for Colorado for a combined $222. Every home game of the season. This weekend, you have to pay almost double to get in to just one game. It's wild. But you know that that was the excitement and the hype that Dion was bringing, you know what I mean, out here. Um, we saw it in the spring game when everyone was out for the, for the spring game. So yeah, sold out. Sold out. So... We, we, you knew that was going to happen, but dang, 500. I mean, I might watch on the couch, baby. <laughs> that's, 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 like, that's some tickets right Yeah, there. not quite Taylor Swift, but not too far, <laughs> not, not too far behind. Um, how about this? This past weekend, talking about, uh, you know, other things around the, the product on the football field rising with the program. Colorado gained 147,000 new social media followers just over the weekend. Uh, almost 150,000 new followers to the program. But how about this? You talk about things rising with the with the W this past weekend. Per Nate Nakos of On3.com, uh, Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter now have a combined, all right, so we're putting them together, over $5 million name image likeness valuation for this season. Ooh. Shador Sanders actually passed Texas quarterback Arch Manning to earn the highest NIL valuation among players in college football. Just for Shador, $3.5 million. It increased a million dollars week over week. Are you mm. kidding me? Wait, are, read that again. What do you mean? Are you kidding me? So, so, so this is just a valuation, the forecast of what he can earn this year on his name, image, okay, likeness. Got you. He's at $3.5 million. Right now, on Thursday, this time last Thursday, it was two and a half million evaluation. It went up a million dollars because of what he did in uh, on that primetime stage in his first game, breaking the the all time passing record in a single game in his first stinking outing. I love it. I love it. Love to see it, man. I mean, he went out there and balled out. No picks either. Man, uh, I just hope, I just want him to keep on, you know, continuing that success and. His, his game of play. Yeah. no. Uh, hey, I think he can. I think he will. I, I, I think he can, too. I think it's real. Watching Man. him, you know, one of the most things I was impressed with Shador is, like, he's looking at the whole field. Like, he's going through his reads, almost like you, you want, like, Russell Wilson to watch a little Shador tape. <laughs> no disrespect. But, like, goodness, he's going, he's, he's going through his progression, oh, yeah. and you see his chin moving across the entire field. You know, there was questions about whether this guy could play at the Power 5 level. I mean, goodness, it took it took 60 minutes of football to get the answer. Yeah, with the first drive, you knew that he can go out there and compete. I mean, I loved it because they, they were all schedule throws at, at times where yep. it was like he was waiting, looking, uh, things had broken down. He escaped the pocket a little bit, came out to the left side, uh, and then he would throw a, a, a dart to one of the receivers. I mean, that's what you want to see your quarterback do. Yeah, I, and I know, I know D-Mac has... I know DMAC has thrown this question out at you, working a lot with uh, Darren the last week. But put yourself back in Athens, man. Put yourself between the hedges in Athens, Georgia, in 2023. If you're the same guy, um, is there is there 
not animosity because that's probably too aggressive. Is there like like I was in the wrong window of time? And like um, what, what what like what do you feel when I give you these numbers about Shador Sanders? I mean, yeah, if we were if we were playing during the same time, it, it would have been ridiculous. I mean, I just think of a person like Stafford, like Matthew Stafford, the numbers that he's been was putting up. I, shoot, his paper would have been long, man. He would have had them nice deals. And I'm, I'm sure I would have had one as well. And, I mean, I always say if I was playing, you know, during this time, I would probably stay four years. I wouldn't leave in two. I mean, what, what is the reason to leave? I mean, you're, you're getting paid. you got the facilities. Everything's taken care of. You know, why not stay for, for two more years right. and, and just play it all out? So I, I I do see that 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 would have been different if I was playing now I would would never left I would have stayed. There's a very good chance if No Sean Marino is playing for Georgia in 2023, you would have made more money in Athens than you would on your rookie contract. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for and sure. that's no longer like a you know funny statement. Like even like I don't want to say even your second contract because I know guys still get paid, but mm-hmm. goodness, I mean it's the landscape has just changed yeah, dramatically. It's changed, it's changed man. So. Um, we are at Cochino Taco in Edgewater. We're going to be here until 2 o'clock. Come by, say hello, uh, grab some food. Uh, it's a fun place to hang out, watch a game. they got hybrid indoor-outdoor seating. If you want to hang out and enjoy this beautiful day in Colorado right now, you can sit outside. If you want to stay inside with us, and uh, you got the TVs on um, you know, all the sports channels, great television set up here. If you live in uh, the Edgewater, Sloan's Lake area, and you don't know where you're going to watch the game uh, this weekend or the games this weekend, um, come to Cochino Taco. Enjoy some great food and a great TV setup uh, as well. Okay, uh, no Sean Moreno filling in for Brandon Stokely today. The Broncos got some really good news yesterday heading into the first game of the season. We'll take a dive into it coming up next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. The Denver Broncos got some good news yesterday. Good news is always welcomed here uh, as we're on the doorstep of what hopefully is the first winning season since 2016. No, Sean, that was a long time ago. What were you doing in 2016? Oh, my goodness, 2016. I was in Florida at the time. What were you doing down there? I think I was... I was rehabbing, rehabbing a knee injury from 2015. Had uh, had an ACL, so I was rehabbing that knee. Yep. Okay. Back then. Yeah. Okay. Going, d- doing a little MBA, going back to school, got my MBA. Okay. I doing, oh. I was doing that at the time. Well, where, where where did you go back and get your MBA? Uh, University of Miami. I, I got it down. Oh, there. you you did. You did. You, mm-hmm. you okay. So you got a little hurricane blood in there too. Oh snap. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Hey, that campus is awesome, man. I've heard. Walking down the campus, you know what I mean, where all the the food court is. They got a pool there. Is that right? The lake. Yeah, I think it's cool. Dude, I it's smooth. Cannot be ima- uh, I cannot imagine being uh, 19, 20 years right. old on the campus of Miami. Um, well, the Broncos got some good news uh, yesterday uh, heading into the first game of the season. Jerry Judy was back at practice. Now, it was a limited role, um, but Judy has been dealing with a hamstring for a few weeks. Uh, happened in that joint practice uh, against the Rams, uh, no, Sean. He could not put a weight on it, was helped mm-hmm. to the cart, was carted off. Um, I think at the time, 
Anytime you see the cart, non-weight-bearing, it's like, oh, my gosh. Is he going to be back for, you know, week seven or something like that? But he's already back in practice, limited basis. Um, we'll take the good news here. Yeah, we'll take the good news. I didn't know he got carried off of the Hammy Jones. Yeah. I mean, it must have been a bad Hammy. That, but that's what I thought at the time. But Judy, and as Stokely has pointed this out, Judy will have, like, an injury where, like, it, it was it was at home last year against the Texans. It was, like, the second play of the game where an entire body weight landed mm-hmm. on his right shoulder when his left shoulder was already on the ground. It just looked like he got crunched, maybe like an AC joint or a, a collarbone or something like that. And he, he like... He leaves the game, and it's like, oh, my gosh, is he done for the season? You'll see his ankle, like, bend the opposite way. He's getting you know, carried off. Oh, my God, is he done for the season? And then he's back, like, two weeks later. He's got one of these Gumby bodies. <laughs> but with the soft tissue, though, I just yeah. get so nervous uh, with something with, with, with a guy like Judy with an injury like a hamstring. Right. Yeah, the hamstring is, is a nagging injury. I've had plenty of hamstring uh, tweaks and you know, you think you're good, you're running full speed, and all of a sudden you get another little tweak. And yes. like, oh, yes. no, come setback. on. A little setback, a little, little couple days setback. And we know Judy is all about that speed, too, so he's going to be letting that thing go. So uh, it, it's good to hear that he's back out at practice. I'm saying don't rush it, bro. Don't, I, I don't even think we need him for this game. You know, uh, I say we rest him. We let some of these younger guys come in and fill the void. And I think they can win without Judy this week. And, and just give that hammy a little break, man. You can't rush that hammy. See, 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 you and I are on the same page with this. Stokely uh, accuses me of kind of living in my fears. And, 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 and maybe uh, because of past conversations with guys like Bradley Chubb or fill in the blank, maybe he's a little bit right. But I, I see it the same way you do. How big is Jerry Judy to this season, to, for this offense? He's massive. Right. Massive. And I just... I'm just asking the question, uh, the risk-reward for playing him, because it sounds like if he's back in practice on a Wednesday and the game is not till Sunday, th- it, it feels like it's um, his status is uncertain, which, of course, means he could still play, and that maybe I'm just being a nervous Nelly. It just scares the hell out of me. I'm, I'm nervous with you. Uh, I mean, the reward would be that he goes out there and compete. I mean, we get an a, a explosive player back on the team to go out there and help us out, right? Yes, that's the reward for it, but, I mean, the risk is he pulled that thing again. Right. And now he's out for longer than a week. Right. Now he's out for two or three weeks because now they're really being um, – they're really holding them back a little bit because they're like, oh, we can't, we can't afford to let him, you know, get injured again for two weeks. So just give us time. Give him some time. We would love to have him back this week to go out there and compete and give us an extra opportunity to win. But I don't think we need him for this week. We don't. Well, I happen to agree with you um, in terms of the, 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 that cautious approach. When it comes to your expectations in, in general for Jerry Judy, this is year four. Um, even though statistically you look at just the stat sheet, it says 972 yards a year ago, 67 receptions on 100 targets. Um, where is your bar at for Judy this year? Like what would quantify us all looking at each other saying, yeah, that was a great, that was a great Jerry Judy season. What does that actually look like? I think pretty much another season that, like what he had. Um, of course, maybe a little more yards, maybe hit that 1,000 mark would be beautiful. Um, and I think he can do that. Uh, different system. Um, from what we saw in the preseason, they're getting the ball out quick. They get into their playmakers and they're letting them just go out there and um, to go out there and make a play. So 
I think he can do it, man. I think uh, I say somewhere around 900, pretty much what he had last year, hit that 1,000 mark would be a successful season. And I think he will get that. Um, it's just a totally different offense. So I see him getting the ball often. Um, you got to put your put the ball into the playmaker's hands. I think Sean Payton and the staff will do so. Well, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. Think? What do you think? I, I, what, I, 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 I'm putting the 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 mark a little bit higher. How many touchdowns did he have? He had what eight? Uh, he had six. He's got nine for his career. Right. Three years. Okay, he had, so but six. six six of the nine were last year. So, so by far his best season in terms of yards and touchdowns was was the 2022 right. season. But I'm just like, if if this guy is the highest drafted wide receiver in the history of this organization, okay, Jerry Judy, um, there's been some immaturity stuff. Whatever, wipe the slate clean. It's a new year, a new regime. But if you can't be a 1,000-yard receiver at a bare minimum with Sean Payton and a Russell Wilson offense, then something went wrong. Like, in, in my opinion, he got either hurt again or it was confirmed that Russell can't play. Um, whatever the case may be, or maybe Russell gets hurt the way that he has got banged up each of the last two years. But, but Judy is so talented, mm-hmm. no, Sean. He's just... He's dripping this blue chip, blue blood talent, and I just want to see the talent get married to the production. I'm not dismissing 972 yards. That's legitimate. That's a, like a legitimate NFL season. But I just, I just look at the raw materials right. of him and say, man, what could he be with uh, a high level quarterback play, high level offensive scheming? And we're hoping that's both the case here uh, in 2023. Yeah, we're hoping, and I, I, I could agree with you. Yeah, we're not. I mean, 900 is nothing to sneeze at, for sure. But, yeah, getting to that 1,000 mark would be beautiful to see. I mean, 17 games, no? Yeah, he can do it. 17 games. I mean, can what? that O-line hold up? Can they hold up well, and give yeah, us well. that protection that he needs to get it to these playmakers? That's what I'm looking at. All right, I so, so. Uh, how many yards a game do you think Judy should average? At least 80 piece. Okay. 1,000 yards, you know what you need to average? <laughs> 58 yards a game. 59 yards a game. But the the reason I ask you the question is because I think that's more the natural answer. Jerry Judy should be 80 yards a game. It's 75 to 80 yards a game. And if you do that, you're going to be 1,100-yard receiver. And in today's game, like if you're a 1,000-yard receiver, you're one of like 22 guys who did it that year. And I I, I just think it's time, man. It's year four. And if not now, if not now, it's like, okay, like let's go. Let's go, Judy. I mean, what's going to help that out is having a, a successful and a great run game. True. You know I mean, so, and we got the bats to do it. We have the bats to do it. I, I'm really excited to see um, Williams go out there and um, get back on the field. You know what I mean? After that injury, you know, he's going to have some cobwebs to shake and he's going to be kind of nervous in the beginning. But once he gets rolling. Hold that thought because nice. I'm going right there with you. Okay. Cause, because you're uniquely qualified to talk about the running back position. It's no Sean Moreno. Uh, filling in for Brandon Stokely today. We're at Cochino Taco in Edgewater. If you are anywhere in the Edgewater, Sloan's Lake uh, area, we would love to see you come by, grab some lunch, uh, listen to us rap about the Broncos. It's a game week. It's rivalry week. we got the Raiders coming in here uh, in 72 hours or so. See you in Nebraska Saturday morning. We are double-dipping this weekend with Colorado football and the excitement surrounding it. And i got a question for you later. I want you to think about this. And I want our listeners to think about this. Where would you rather be this weekend? At Mile High 
or at Folsom Field if you just had to pick one. All right, so I'll, I'll get that response from you a little bit later in the show. In the meantime, what are we expecting the snap count to look like in the Broncos running back room this weekend? We'll take a dive into it with no Sean Moreno coming up next. Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. What are we expecting the snap count to look like in the Broncos' running back room? This weekend, a guy who is uniquely qualified to talk about the running back position, it's Noshaw Moreno, filling in for Brandon Stokely today as we are live from Cochino Taco in Edgewater. Come by, say hello, we're going to be here until 2 o'clock. Um, Noshaw, what what should we be expecting for this weekend, and how could that be different than what we could be expecting by midseason? I'm expecting um, this running back room to be running back by committee, really, honestly. We have Javante Williams coming off an injury. Um, You know they're going to be watching his snap count, watching him closely, make sure he's looking good and feeling good, asking him how he's doing throughout the whole game, which is good. But I'm excited for him to go back and get into the, the, the mix of things, and I know he's excited, probably a little bit nervous and probably not trusting it 100% yet. But all it takes is that one hit, you know, that one hit when you're dragging them and, or they're all over your legs and you're like, you know what, I'm good, I'm good. I'm sure he's going to have the, 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 the knee brace on as well for precaution reasons, for at least to week three, week four, you know, until he's really feeling good. But I'm excited for Javante, man, and I think he's a great back. Um, just got to get him back into the mix of things. You got P. Ryan, that's another good back that has some experience, been around the league for a while, right? So he knows what to expect. Yep. Um, a really good back out of the pass game, you know, and, and pass protection, which we really need. And then you got Jaleel. So I'm excited to see Jaleel out there. You know they're going to use him in different packages, use his speed, use his ability to catch the ball at the backfield, right? So that's why I say it's going to be running back by committee. I feel like all those guys are going to get some burn this game and probably for the rest of the season. Um, keeping everyone fresh, keep Javante fresh. Um, Jaleel's new to the game, so get him into the mix of things. So it's a, it's a good running back room, and it's a good um, – all three of these guys have uh, different aspects of their game that's going to be great for the Broncos. So I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm really excited to see Jaleel. It's been a lot of talk about Jaleel. I haven't watched too much of him, but, yeah. hey, he has, he's had a great preseason. He has. Let's see. Let's see what happens. He is a – like, we know him here in Denver because, you know, we're close to the situation, but J- Jaleel is a total, like, NFL unknown. I mean, like, p- people do not know who this guy is. Um, so we'll see if by week three, week four, they start to know his name. Right. But I'll ask you this. For, for Sunday specifically against the Raiders, over, under touches for Jaleel uh, McLaughlin, mm. two and a half. Oh, over? Yeah, I think he could get over two and a half for sure. Especially, I mean, I hope to knock on wood. Hopefully, you know, Javante's feeling good, but maybe he's a little bit banged up and he's like, you know, he's kind of sitting back a little bit. They'll be using P. Ron and Jaleel will get way more than two. Okay, okay. Will there be, going back to Javante, in your opinion, will there be a point this season? Should Javante stay healthy, and we'll knock on some wood, but if he's healthy, 
does Javante turn into the 1A bell cow back for the Broncos? Or is this, like, going to be committee for the foreseeable future? He could be. I mean, I like a be- uh, running back room that's running back by committee. Keeps everyone fresh. Keeps the defense off off, off guard you, with different pace. Did you like that as a player? Yeah, I was I was fine with it. When I was here, you know, I, I spent time with Carrell Buckholter. Spent time with, with uh, McGahee. Yep. You know, there's a lot of guys that I split time with, and I was fine with it. You know, because I, mean? I know once I – and even in college, I spent time with Thomas Brown and Craig Lumpkin and uh, Danny Ware, all guys that have went to the league. And – I love that because it kept me fresh, and it kept that competitive juice going within me in the back, me sure. and whoever the sure. running back is. I'm like, I look at him, he comes off the field, I'm like, I'm about to go in next series, I'm about to go crazy. He's like, you yeah, ain't about to do anything. I'm like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Let's get it. All right, watch me break off this 10-piece. You know what I mean? So you're competing with your boy, your sure. brother, sure. during the game, right? So he can be that cowbell back, um, that first, second, third down kind of back, right? Um, he just has to have that, get that confidence back. And you see in his first year, the man almost had a 1,000 yards rushing that year, you know? So, Splitting carries. Right, and he was Splitting, he, he had 203 carries and 903 yards, I think. And I'd have to go back and look at it, but I'm pretty certain about this. It was like almost down to the – to the carry he was splitting with Melvin mm. Gordon at the time. I mean, it was like 203 to 202. I mean, it was that close. And I felt almost a little bit too calculated by the coaching staff, um, making sure everything was so regimented as opposed to obeying your eyes and just playing who you believe is the better guy. That's how it's supposed to be. And and each game is different. You might see a guy. A guy might be, be hitting the holes perfect, seeing all the reads, picking up all the, the pass protection and blocks. You don't want to take that guy out right away. So I think Coach Studersville, Eric Studersville, when he was the uh, running backs coach here, yep. he did a great job of just being in tune of how we're looking, how we're looking, um, asking us questions when we come off the field, like, hey, what do you see here on this play? And we're all as a backfield sitting there talking about a read that one back had saw earlier, right, so that the other backs, when he get in, sure. they might see the same read. Sure. So, yeah, man, I love it, man. I love it. I think it's going to be a, a great year for him. and. Um, I'm waiting to see it. Last question for you, if you can put your player hat back on. At what point is it not good for you anymore as a running back to be like you're good with going by committee? Mm-hmm. But what's the threshold where it's like, okay, I, I need more? Is it is it seven, eight carries? Is it 12? Like wh- where for you is like, hey, here's my number. Like this is my expectation. If you want me to play well and me to be comfortable out there with a full lather and just a rhythm, mm-hmm. what, do, you, do you have a number in mind or a range in mind? It's a good question, because for me, man, I, I, I uh, made sure I took advantage of each and every carry, because who knows how many you're going to get, right? I think maybe around, like, five is good. Five is good, man, because then you kind of could get a feel of how, how fast the defense is flying, um, who's hitting the holes, how, how the linemen blocking on a particular play, moving up to the linebackers, right? You can kind of get a feel how the pace of the game is going. So, yeah, like around five is good. But, man, once you get in there, man, you're expecting to take everything to the house. That's, how, that's the kind of confidence you should have as a back, right? Um, but five, five is a good number. Give me five carries. I should have a nice little ladder going. Really, after the first hit, you're like, all right, these boys are out here flying. Let's get it. Yep. Uh, here is Sean Payton a little bit earlier this week talking about Javante Williams and the snap count. Well, tell me how many snaps we're going to have. You know, generally speaking, if you're converting third down, there's a number of things that happen when you end up having a lot of rushing snaps. But, look, he's going to play a big role. I haven't put together a number for him. You know, we feel like he and P. Ryan give us 
I don't want to say similar backs, and then obviously we have a little different dimension to Jaleel, but um, yeah, he's going to, we feel like he's he's moving well, uh, he's strong and healthy, and, and the preseason was important for him, but more important was the the hours he put in in the rehab. So you hear big roll, big roll, looks great, feels healthy, big roll. I mean, I've, man, I, I don't want to get carried away. Um, because I do think it's going to be by committee at the start. But a healthy Javante Williams, I'm going back to his rookie year now, mm-hmm. a healthy Javante Williams looked like he was trending to be one of the best six or seven backs in football. To lead the league in broken tackles as a rookie out of the gate, um, I just I, – I, if you see that, if, if, if our football instincts start to see that, I think maybe you bend a little bit to it and say, okay, it's it's time for maybe 70-30, Javon. And maybe it doesn't – we don't see it till week five or six. But uh, I hope that this coaching staff is receptive um, to him if he's healthy in, in a way that the last regime was not. For sure. And like I said, you got to see how the guy's playing each and every game. You know what I mean? If the guy's on fire and the guy's hot, he's looking good, leave him in there. Let him be the one to tell you. That's how it was for, uh, when I was playing with Eric is like I would go three or four series – and then I'll, I might come off and be like, all right, I need one. You know what I mean? And now the other guy goes in and has a series, and then you go back in the next series. So, yeah, to keep an eye on the guy. He can definitely do it. You can see, like you said, his first year um, being the lead and breaking ta- tackle leader as a rookie, which is crazy. I love the way he runs. I'm, I'm a guy that loves my back to be physical. I don't like my back running out of bounds when I can see an extra two yards on that, on that bone. Who do you think of when you say that? There's a lot of backs. I'm telling you, there's a lot of backs. I'm like, well, what are you doing? Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I look at Georgia and, and the stable of backs that they have. We have some backs at Georgia that are doing that, and they're 6'2", 230. I'm like, bro, if you don't put your head down for an extra two or three, I mean, is it going to make that big of a difference? Maybe not. Yeah. But, bro. Make them pay. Make yeah. the defender pay at Punish all them. times. Punish yes. them. All right. Great stuff. Uh, no Sean Moreno hanging out with me. He's filling in for Stoke today. We're hanging out at Cochino Taco in Edgewater. If you're anywhere near uh, Edgewater, the Sloan's Lake area, or if you want to make a dedicated trip to come see us, we're going to be here until 2 o'clock. We've been munching uh, down on their food here and just, like, off the charts, fantastic. Uh, I'm a happy hour guy. Love hanging outside. Love going to happy hour. You could do both of those things here. They have a daily happy hour from 11 till 6. That is a healthy, chunky seven-hour window to hang out for happy hour. Uh, so consider uh, that. They have all kind of drinks, um, frozen, draft, you name it. They got it. Food specials uh, here all day. So consider uh, coming out to Cochino uh, Tacos here in Edgewater. Again, we're, we're going to be here until 2 o'clock. All right, Sean Payton said what he expects Russell Wilson's numbers to look like in 2023. True story. Do we agree with it? We'll play the audio and, re- and react coming up next. 